Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's dedicated Blue Jackets podcast, Aaron Portsign with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, the Blue Jackets have hit the All-Star break and their bye week, so they've got some time off. They don't play again until February 10th. It'll be hockey is for everyone night at Nationwide Arena when the Maple Leafs come to town. Um, thanks for being with us. We can talk about all manner of things. I just got back from a great trip to a moose jaw in Regina to see some Blue Jackets prospects. We can chat about this, but let's get to uh, some breaking news first on the Blue Jackets. It came out this morning, the Blue Jackets announcing that Gus Nyquist is, does not need shoulder surgery, left shoulder, uh, injured on an inadvertent collision with Magnus Pujarvi uh, last Wednesday in an overtime win over uh, Edmonton. Good news, doesn't need surgery. Bad news, Nyquist was likely to be a trade chip for the Blue Jackets by the March 3 trade deadline. Um, Interesting speaking to Gus on his way to Florida. Um, As many of the players are, Florida and points beyond for this break. Um, He's not looking at this like his season is over. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll play for the Blue Jackets again. Um, It just means that he thinks he can play again this season meaning late in the regular season and in the playoffs. So if you think back a couple of years, the Blue Jackets traded Riley Nash, who had a sprained knee, traded him to Toronto for a conditional seventh-round pick. I think you could see a very similar situation uh, for Nyquist. I think he gets more than a seventh, but I would be shocked if it didn't have conditions attached to it. In other words, if Nyquist plays this many games, um, then, then the draft pick gets better. If he contributes this much, the draft pick is better. It's not ideal. This is not ideal for Gus Nyquist or the Blue Jackets, but it could be worse. Um, if you'd like to, to make a comment or ask a question, by all means, step up on stage and we'll try to bring you in, or you can post them on uh, the chat list. A few, a few comments on there already. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, not ideal. The Blue Jackets making two minor moves today, Bernie and Bjork, uh, defensemen both, sent to uh, Cleveland for the All-Star break. So they do not get a break. Um, they do not get a vacation in the sun just yet as young players. Uh, so, again, Blue Jackets lose last night to Washington, 4-3 in overtime. I got to say, I, I thought that was going to be a rough game for them. Uh, these games can be difficult anyways. 
forget the season they're having. These games right before the All-Star break can be tough. Um, some guys have one foot in the sand, if you will. And I didn't see that last night. I thought they, they played pretty well. Andrew Peake has had kind of a rough season, but he scores a big early goal uh, to kind of kind of stop the bleeding. It was 2 nothing caps in the first period, and that kind of made it a game again. And then they just kind of kept plucking away. And Gaudreau scores in the third to tie it. You know, whatever what what happens when you get to overtime, who knows? Uh, they lose four three. Um, not a great point, not an awful point. This team's desperate for any points they can get, and they remain in, in last place of the overall standing. So, those of you who are fully committed to Connor Bedard and the chances of drafting him as many as the best chances possible. Um, that is still remains much intact. I had a chance to meet up with Bedard, um, chat with him before a game, watch him play a game in Regina, um, hoping to write about that. Boy, was that an atmosphere. Um, and and uh, I got to say, a, a pretty impressive young man, um, engaging, uh, conversational, does not uh, struggle as some other hockey players have to be uh, engaging and show personality. He was he was all of those things, and and uh, all accounts are he's a very well balanced young man. Uh, so we can we can talk Bedard. We can talk about the prospects that I had the great fortune of seeing: Denton Matejchuk and Martin Rysavy and and uh, Moosejaw and Stanislav Svazel. Who I got to say, he's one of the few guys on that Regina team that can think the game. The way Bedard does, and that is uh, that is, you might think it's easy to play with a guy like Bedard, uh, but I, I don't know that it's as I, I don't think a lot of people can do it. Uh, think the game that fast, and Sposal is one of them. Question with him is can he can he get big enough and strong enough to play in the NHL? He's a late bloomer physically. He's got the he's got the frame. He's just not there strength and, and conditioning wise uh, yet. So. He is going to turn pro if I'm not. Yes, he's going to turn pro after the season. Um, is that the NHL next year? There's a chance. Is that Cleveland? I think that's possible. He could be brought along like Yurichek is being brought along uh, this year. Um, so let's get into it. We can we can take any of your questions. Step up to the to the uh, stage. Text your message in as many of you have, and uh, we can get into whatever you want to get into. Uh, we have got Paul B. on the line. Paul B., thanks for joining us on Front and Nationwide. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Porty, how's it going? <laughs> good, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, obviously, we've heard a, a lot about Connor Bedard all the all year long. Well, gosh, last two or three years. <laughs> and if you had only heard it and never saw the guy, you could think he's the second coming of Wayne Gretzky from some of the things people are saying. So, is well, you got to meet him. You got to finally see him in person. Did he meet your expectations? Exceed your expectations? And kind of what was your overall feeling of him? Well, thanks. Uh, great question. It's hard to, if you're Connor Bedard, I think the pressure of his situation is that it's almost impossible to exceed people's expectations based upon what people are saying about you. And yet. I think there there were aspects of, of, of uh, watching him play that were a little bit different than I had anticipated. Um, first of all, the rink is just a buzz. And you can feel it when he comes over the boards. You can feel it in the crowd. You can feel the anticipation when the puck is on a stick. Um, it's electrifying. And the thing that blew me away is how much time he spent bring, trying to bring other guys. It's not a very good Regina Pats team. It's how much time he took trying to bring other guys in, how to, how he seemed intent on incorporating guys who just frankly weren't up to uh, thinking the game at that level. I mentioned how disposal can. I think he could have shot the puck five or six more times. And I, I don't think it was him not recognizing that. I think it was him um, trying to set up his teammates. He made one play on a power play, his first goal. He had a hat trick. 
he had a hat trick by the midpoint of this second period, um, where he faked a shot, and I I didn't feel bad because the was a prideful athlete making a a, a, a full on effort play, but the medicine hat defenseman bit big time and just wiped out his center ice, and Bedard stepped around him and just went bar down with a wrister from the slot that was pretty awesome. Um, it's it's all there. He had a he had a hat trick. He had a primary assist on the other goal. The team only scored four goals all night. They they blew a four one lead and lost six to four. Um, but I get I get what the excitement is because it's it is special to it's special and it, it's it's special in in the junior ranks for sure. But it's not. I, I saw Gilbert Brule play for the Vancouver Giants, and he dominated dominated at that level too. The way that he dominated though was physically, like he blew people up at five ten, one hundred and seventy six pounds. But Dart's not doing that stuff. He's dominating a way that it, it'll be a little bit. It'll be more difficult in the NHL for sure. Um, but there's no reason to think that it can't. It can't continue or won't continue. He's he is an exceptional talent. I want to see Fantilli. The one thing I think everybody needs to be careful about is there's going to be great disappointment for teams that don't get Bedard, and only one team's going to get him. Adam Fantilli's a hell of a prospect. Too. Leo Carlson's a hell of a prospect too. Everybody wants Bedard, um, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, but it, it's a great draft, and it's going to be super exciting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, the the one thing with Fantilli, and, and I kind of got it from when I read your article uh, for, about Matejchuk and how he's kind of has a little bit of a chip growing on his shoulder from getting snubbed from Team Canada. I yeah. got a feeling Fantilli, you know, all the expectations are going to be on Connor, and he's got to deal with that. But I think there's going to be some pissed off nature to Fantilli to be looked at as a consolation prize this year. Yeah, I mean, you'd like it. You'd like that, right? I mean, that would be. I think that's. Uh, I tell you, the, the GM that gets Fantilli, of course, is going to say, "Geez, one more pick, and we could have had the, but our kid." They'll never say that publicly, but privately, they'll be delighted to get Fantilli because he is for sure. He projects, and there's nothing for sure. I shouldn't say it that way. He is a six foot two. Centerman. He is a number one centerman projected. And I think most people are fairly certain that that's what he's going to turn out to be. Any draft where you land a number one center in the NHL, they are so rare, is a great draft. And so um, keep that in mind should the the ping pong balls not bounce the Blue Jackets way uh, when the lottery is is held. God, I wish we had a date on the lottery. We could do a countdown to the lottery yet. The league hasn't announced exactly when that'll be yet, but that's kind of the everything. Hey, speaking of the lottery, I don't know if you know this or not. Do you know why they don't hold it live like the NBA? Is there a reason? They just I mean, kind they of want come out a... with the note cards, and it's like, okay, I have to trust yeah. that's correct. Not to get off yeah. conspiracy theory, but it's kind of weird. Well, there are plenty of conspiracy theories surrounding the NHL draft, which I've always thought is sort of interesting. I'd love to be a witness. I think there should be a neutral party media member witness to the to the process every year, and I'll be making that pitch to the league, but I don't expect them <laughs> to agree, but it'd be cool if they did. I think it'd be a neat story. But Paul, thanks 100%. for your question, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're going to go to uh, Philip G now. Philip Hi, can you hear me? I got you. What's going on, man? Uh, I have two questions, and... Yep. I just got in here, so I apologize if you've answered either of them already. But first question is, obviously, you know, Nyquist is injured, but is he injured to the degree where he's going to be out for all of the regular season and the playoffs? Or is it a situation where the Blue Jackets might LTIR him, trade that LTIR contract to a team, and that becomes actually preferable because He'll be activated after the end of the season when they're in the playoffs and no cap issues whatsoever. Yeah, so he is he is injured. He does not require surgery. The best way, I think, to look at this, the safest way to look at this, not 100% lockdown, that it's this clearly 
divided this way, but if he's traded, he could play again this season late in the regular season and in the playoffs or just in the playoffs. If he's not traded, if he remains with Columbus, my sense is he's done for the season because he's a UFA. There's not much benefit to playing these games in a lost season late. Um, if you think back a couple of years ago when he had the, the surgery in November, he could have technically he was cleared to play late in that 2021 season, which was a lost cause, though not to this extent. And the decision wisely was made to just keep him out. Uh, what's the upside here? And, and and I think they would go down that that path again. I think there's a chance that that Gus Nyquist resigns in Columbus, whether he's traded or not. I think he really likes it here. I think the club is weary about or wary, sorry, about just letting every veteran leave. Um, I think they like the example of a Gus Nyquist in the room. So I, I, the idea is that if he continues to improve, then he will, he could be traded uh, for a team that's looking for secondary scoring in the playoffs. So that's how I would answer that. All right. And the second question is, and I, I'm sure you probably got asked this already, but uh, you did mention in your um, Sunday mailbag that there was the, you know, rumors about Elvis's worth ethic. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that and explain where that's coming from? Or at least like, is that your idea is that something you've heard is that just like a potential concern within the organization that isn't like substantiated what's the level here yeah so well it's not a it's not rumors per se it's not people whispering it it is uh from within the club multiple points within the club that typically when a starting goaltender loses his job to somebody else or when someone else the other goalie starts to get the majority of of starts if the impetus is on that goalie to work harder to get it back, not just to bide their time and wait for their turn, but to reclaim their position. And it's been made clear, I'm sure it's been made clear to Elvis if it's made it out of the building, that that expectation is in place for him, that they want him to start working harder, that he should not be as okay with not starting as much um, as he may appear to be. They want more from him. It's not the end of the world. It's not Elvis is lazy. It is, this is what you need to be doing to get back. This is the expectation of, of any player on the ice. Um, everyone needs a kick in the backside sometimes. And I think that was the intent of those who have expressed that regarding Elvis, that there's frustration this year. He's not had a great year. And it, but it's it's still not enough to say, not my year. Things just aren't going well. They need more, and they want more. And so that's what that is. That's not a rumor. It's not something I've made up. It's not something I feel. I don't see what everybody else sees from inside the team in terms of who's doing this and who's doing what. But there are things that practices in practices where where it's been pointed out that more could be done. By Elvis in this situation. So it's a wake up call. I hope he takes it as such. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, we're going to go to some... GR pops up. We'll, we'll slide back over. We're going to go to some questions that have been uh, posted the old-fashioned way, if you will. Uh, Daniel K says, thanks for doing this. What do you think the call the ceiling is for Marchenko? He's looking very solid early on. I think this kid Marchenko's got a huge ceiling, and um, I've heard nothing but really good things about him for a couple of years. This is why we kind of at the athletic kind of kind of were pretty aggressive in in um, hounding the Marchenko story even before he got here uh, because there's such upside there. This is a guy he would have played for the for. Russia in the Olympics last year. Uh, think about that. That is that is no small feat. Um, but if not for his punishment by the Russian Federation for um, refusing to sign a contract for wanting to come to the NHL, he has been a revelation. He's an interesting guy to watch, and and there's he's got sufficient speed. He's got a big frame. Um, Kekalainen's really excited to see the frame fill out and really excited by the fact that that Marchenko seems completely in agreement with them that he needs to muscle up uh, and get bigger. That will allow him to do more things. But, I, you know, the kid has been a, a revelation, 13 goals in only 28 games. He's, um, we talked about the NHL record. Look at the Sunday a gathering. There's a, a note in there about his place in history. It's crazy he doesn't have an assist yet because he does. T- he does have the puck quite a bit. He looks like a top six winger to me. I think he could be an, a top line winger in the right situation. And you give this club a center or two. They don't have a top six center on the roster right now. Think about that. That's part of the struggles that they're having right now. You give this team two NHL top six centers. One by the draft, one by perhaps Cole Sillinger's emergence. Um, that's the hope. And then you've really got something, and I think Marchenko uh, could be could play could play in that in that top role if if, uh, if the center is right. I'm I'm very excited about his future, and I think the guys in the room really really like this kid. He is absolutely effervescent in his his attitude. Um, so all, all good signs. Uh, Steve G says, fast forward to the draft lottery. Oh, Steve, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful if we could in fact, uh, do that as most of us are already doing. He says, if you're guaranteed the number two pick Fantilli, do you take it or do you roll the dice and gamble on the upside of Bedard? Honestly, I'd be torn. So interested in your thoughts. Now, what is the punishment if you so I guess I'm not quite clear. I, I'd be thrilled to have Fantilli, honestly. What am I risking by by rolling the dice and gambling for Bedard? Because um, if I know I've got Fantilli and the option is to 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 lose both the Fantilli pick in an attempt to get to Bedard, then I'd have to think long and hard about this. But listen, Fantilli's going to be a hell of a player. And again, I, I think what we in the media have to be careful here. Um, because everybody's excited to tell a Bedard story. Everybody's excited to see this kid play. It's only going to be natural that teams are going to be absolutely crestfallen if they don't win the lottery. But if you get the number two pick, you're, you, you should be absolutely delighted to have an opportunity to draft a player like Adam Fantilli. What he's doing in college hockey right now just doesn't happen very often. It's special. Um, and he's 18. He's, this is not a kid that's gone two years to the USHL so that he's better able to play in the NCAA. He is he's legit doing this as an 18-year-old freshman. So respect to him. Um, he's going to have, a, by all accounts, a remarkable NHL career. And so, uh, you know, cry not if you pick number two instead of number one. I think the real – I think there's a breaking point, honestly, for people – Teams are excited to get Carlson. I think Carlson's probably a little more of a weight for it guy than Fantilli and Bedard is. My sense is that Fantilli and Bedard will both be NHL guys next year. If 
feels like Carlson's maybe a year away, but that 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 could that could change for sure. That could not be the case. Um, and you know, picking Michkov at four, if that's where he goes, he he might not because of the he's got three more years in Russia after this. So he he's a guy that could drop for me, not based on his talent, but based on the the contractual obligations. But if you're picking one or two, you know, spare me your tears. You've the the suffering you've gone through this season was worth it. Um, that's what I would say to that. Uh, Jonathan C says, since we have so many injured, are we able to weaponize our cap space this season to get extra picks and prospects? That's something I would look for at the March three trade deadline. Yes, the Blue Jackets could acquire uh, teams that are wanting to add pieces and have no cap room. Although, keep in mind, everything is is um, prorated. The word I'm prorated. It's prorated. So. What you know, whatever a player's contract is, if the percentage of the season that's left becomes the percentage of the contract that is left, and so these six million dollar contracts are really worth about a million and a half the rest of the way. But if a team wants to add somebody with existing contract beyond this season, and they know they're going to have problems in the future, and they've got a player they'd like to part ways with, um, the Blue Jackets could help facilitate that for sure. Um, something to look for maybe an, an, another way that that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen can can turn a negative into a positive um this question I don't see a name attached to it two questions and uh what can be done to stop teams from pushing KJ around so much well I mean part of what's going to happen is he's going to he's going to bulk up and, and push back um uh, he's never going to be a big guy though so People are going to be physical on him the rest of his career. I think he handles it actually pretty well. Um, but, you know, it is imperative. And I, I it here I go again. It it, um, it bothered me. And I think I spoke about it on the trade deadline or in the, uh, the podcast a couple weeks ago. Sorry. Stop looking at Twitter. Um, when Svechnikov fired a puck into an empty net against the Blue Jackets, and there was no physical response to that, it bothered me uh, because there's always a physical response to that. There has to be. Last night, I think it was Ken Johnson who poked at the goalie's glove, which you know is going to get some pushback, and the Capitals just went went uh, went in on him in a way that is that's what. That's kind of what good teams do in this league. And it, it just kind of reinforced how much the Blue Jackets didn't respond to the Svechnikov thing. Anyways, that still bothers me. Um, I didn't think Johnson should have gotten a slash in there. I didn't think he slashed anybody. But I, I, I thought that was uh, worth noting. Um, the second part of this question is uh, the third line is like the doghouse line. Can they possibly improve as a unit or is Brad Larson just dumping people there? Uh, oh, this question is from Morgan. Um, yeah, well, Morgan, it depends on, on what you're calling the third line last night. Um, it, it, it is strange, isn't it? We were talking last night how one game Roslovic is on the top line between line A and Gaudreau and the next line, the next night he's on the third line and you don't really see him much or hear from him much i didn't really notice him at all last night he's one of those guys that i didn't notice really in any capacity last night um yeah it, it's um and, and there was a line i think it was a few weeks ago where it was bedard i think it might have been bedard roslovic and marchenko and it was like well that's the line that they're going to sit when the going gets rough. Last night it was foodie with with um Roslovic and, and Bemstrom. You know if the I mean Bemstrom had an unreal look early and chunked it. And that's it. Game game over there. I didn't really notice him after that, but they um it is easier for a coach to roll to sit an entire line rather than to jumble everything up and and mix things up again. So I think subconsciously, if nothing else, that's that's kind of how it works sometimes. He likes Gaudreau and uh, Line A with Jenner. He loves, loves 
loves Corrali with Robinson and um, Olivier. And, you know, the second line last night is kind of the kid line with, with Sillinger flanked by Marchenko and Johnson. Uh, Marchenko and Johnson both having really good rookie years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's easier to just sit a line. And uh, we've seen it many, many times this season. Uh, next question is from Sean P. Do you think Bedard is an NHL center or a wing? I mean, the honest answer is I am, I am not a scout. I don't know. But I think all of this talk about him not being a center is based purely on his size. Um, there have been five foot ten centers in this league. There will be in the future. I don't know why he can't be one of them. Um, as much as he has the puck, as much as he loves to skate in center ice, I think you can put him on the wing. Think of Patrick Kane. There's a lot of times Patrick Kane, when he has the puck, plays like a centerman, uh, both with in his positioning, center ice, and, and certainly in his playmaking. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to certainly have a meaningful opinion on which of those he is. I have heard the concern, um, but I think it's only the fact that he's five foot nine and a half or five foot ten. Um, I can tell you this, I shook hands with the guy and, and was shocked at how firm the handshake is. The kid's legs are huge. This is not a kid that's going to get pushed around in the NHL. He's only 17 years old, but he, he is not a lightweight. Um, he's kind of stocky, not out of shape at all, but muscular already. And you hear about his work habits behind the scenes, and you 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 can see it. He is he is um, he works harder than anybody else. Continues to work harder, and he is driven at a level that the great ones are usually driven at. So, I, I think he can be whatever he wants to be, and I think that's going to be a center. Um, Austin H says this might be a difficult question to answer, but I will try to ask it. All right, this is a. This is a, an, an open office policy here, Austin. Have at it. I've always found it difficult, Austin says, to actually get a good understanding of how good our development players are doing. Obviously, local reporters will cover them and say, there's always an upside. I don't see this ever on a national scale. It almost seems like a chore to find national media discussing our prospects. This leads me to doubt how good our prospects will be going on 15 plus years now of this. Um, so I'm not sure where... Austin, where you're looking or not looking. Um, and I, I try not to let what I've read in other places sort of impact what I am seeing. I'm not sure if you can fully do that or not, but um, just we have two guys at the Athletics, Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman, who have certainly free um, range to write and to critique these players as they see fit. And they've written a lot about uh, some of the Blue Jackets' prospects. They like Sposal. They like Matejchuk. Um, I think they've been fair with Jordan Dumay, that speaking especially Wheeler about the incredible offensive exploits he's had in the queue, but also the concerns about his skating and his size. Um, I think, well, so without giving away too much, the, the, uh, the guy, Scott Wheeler has done his complete rankings of every NHL team and their prospects. And I think, let me look here, because he had one out today. One comes out almost every day without exception. And, you know, okay, here's Wheeler from today. This is great radio, isn't it? Uh, he's got Arizona Today published uh, four hours ago at number nine. Okay, so there are eight teams to go in the league. And the Blue Jackets have not gone yet. I don't know where they land this year, but I, I know it's quite high. And both Wheeler and Promen are quite high on the Blue Jackets' prospects, the players that will be coming, washing ashore here in a couple of years. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure where you're reading it. I don't want to discount another place you're reading it if they disagree. Um, this is not an exact science. These are prospects, not not for sure. Um, but I, I think if you, I don't think anything I wrote in the Matejchuk is was 
contrary to what's been opined by others, he's seen as a pretty darn good prospect. I'll say this. I've seen people describe his skating and his playing style as Makar-like. I didn't see that. I've never seen that. Not in Traverse City, not in preseason games, and, I, and not in Moose Jaw. I mean, that, that is... That's getting a little... That's a very high bar. Uh, Kale McCarr is the maybe the best defenseman in the league right now. Um, I don't think he moves like McCarr. I think, just to give you an example, I, I think Matejchuk is a fluid skater, is a smooth skater, and I think he's an offensive participant. But what I saw just in two games at Moose Jaw is that he's more of a participant in 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 the offensive play than a than a creator of it. Um, I think he's going to be a solid three-four defenseman in the NHL. He's a left side guy. I think he plays on the right side. Moose Jaw, by the way. I think Svozel has the potential to be. Um, I think you're looking at a defensive pair in Columbus within two years, maybe three years of Wierenski, Yerichek, Matejchuk, Svozel, and I'm not sure what the third pair looks like but that's the that's the pedigree of these players and maybe it doesn't come to be but i don't think i'm overstating it i think that's all very realistic and i think it runs um in line with what others have said about, about those those players um it's another continuing from austin h i believe additionally national media will swoon over seemingly average players on other teams simply small market versus big very difficult to get a true grasp um, again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you're reading that, Austin. You know, send me an email because I am interested. I, I'm not trying to discount your your comment or your feelings. Uh, send me an email at a portsline a and then last name at the athletic if you want to carry on further, or send me a message on Twitter. We can do it that way too. Um, but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing uh, Blue Jackets prospects being discounted or, or uh, bashed by by others. Um, Chris J says, refresh me on the lottery rules. If they lose the lottery, how far are they allowed to drop? Hope is if they do win the lottery and get Bedard, that he gets developed right away. Obviously, he'll be too good to go back to junior thoughts on how they would develop him. Uh, so quickly to that, you cannot drop more than two spots in the lottery. So if you finish with the worst overall record, you cannot pick any lower than three. If you finish second, four, third, fifth, and so on. Uh, any of the teams from 1 to 11 can win the lottery, but the percentage chance of that drops as you go from 1 to 11, obviously. 12 through 16, the teams that finish 12 through 16 and don't make the playoffs, obviously, they can't win the lottery. They can only go up 10 spots. So 12 can get to 2, 13 to 3, etc. Which is why when you see the number one team having a 25.5% chance to win it because they also get the percentage chance of the 12 through 16 teams uh, for that first pick because those guys can't win it. So hope that helps you there. Um, how would they develop Bedard? Well, Bedard would be an NHL player next year, no matter where he's drafted. He goes straight to the league. He's not going back to junior. He's not going to play in the minors. He is a, uh, he's an NHL talent, which is crazy. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Uh, is there any concern in the organization about how frequently Tarasov has been hurt this year? I mean, sure. Yeah, I think there's concern in a lot of different spaces. Um, so you hope everyone's just getting it out of the way this year. I don't I don't uh, think it's a training issue, but who knows? Uh, the draft is filled with potential centers, Philip G says. If Columbus gets a second first-round pick this year, could you see the organization doubling down like they did last year. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, frankly, especially with the the uh, the way that uh, Cole Sillinger has played this year. Yeah, I don't... I, I, and just in a general sense, I don't think you can have too many centers. So it's easier to move a center to the wing than to put a wing um, to the middle. Uh, Ross G says, any chance we can get an article on Jamie Healy? Would love to hear stories he has from over the years. You know what? I love heels. We made a note of it in the Sunday gathering. Um, but he is one of the rules of those guys is is um, they're not even secrets as much, but they don't they don't talk too much about their guys. I know some of the of the stories and and he's had some uh, great, great um, players come through that room, many of whom he's still friends with. And. So he, of course, he would have some great stories, but I don't think he feels comfortable sharing them because all of that needs to be, that's the relationship that those guys need to have with their trainer, right? Um, so maybe when a guy retires, maybe. Um, yeah, I've, I've wanted for years to follow the training staff around, the equipment staff around on road trips because their job, I don't think a lot of people fully understand what those guys do and the hours that they keep. A lot of times you just end up sleeping at the rink on the road because they can't make it back to the hotel on time for meaningful sleep before the morning skate. It's crazy. Um, let's see here. Uh, Daniel D, are we really going to lose Gavrikov? I can't imagine this team will be competitive next year with only one true top four defenseman, that being Wierenski. Uh I mean, they're not going to lose Gavrikov. They're going to trade him. Uh, he will be gone, I guess is your point. And that is right. If if they don't get him signed, it's it'd be great if they could keep him. I don't think they want to overpay for him. I think they've got an idea of what they think is fair, and they don't want to go too out of whack with that, especially with the players coming. If they let him go, if they trade him, they'll have to do something this summer to improve that the top four. Uh, they're going to need a bridge to the the next wave here. Um, year check. I think everyone's hopeful he's going to be ready. Um, but he, he, you know, there's going to be some struggles there too early in, in his career. Um, so they need, they've, they've got to bulk up that, that back end. And in Elvis's defense and, and these goalies defense, like nobody's going to look good in that position until the defense and, and gets better. And that includes the forwards playing defense too. This was a, this was a disastrous defensive team early in the season. And uh, it's got to get better, especially on defense, but, but also with the forwards checking and, and defending. So um, that, that needs to be a focus this offseason. Let's bring Jonathan B. back in uh, on stage. Jonathan, you there? Yep, I'm here, Porty. The app kind of wigged out right. on me for a minute. No worries. Um, so I think the majority of Jackets fans are kind of forward looking right now. Like this season is kind of hard to swallow. I was actually washing my blue jackets whiskey glass uh, earlier and it's getting a lot of use. Um, But I keep thinking about who the core of this team is and more importantly, who the front office sees the core of this team is and, and like who's going to be here and producing and kind of foundational in the next three to five years. And, and I think some of the answers are obvious, but I, I keep, looking at Patrick Laine and just the way he plays his style of play, you know, he goes on heaters and looks unbeatable. And then he looks like a complete passenger for 10 to 15 games. 
And I'm wondering if he's going to be the right fit for a core. And if not, like, what is his perception around the league at this time? Like, he's paying, he's on a $7 million contract and he may not score 20 goals this year. And that, that feels like a pretty big red flag for me right now. Yeah, he is a, uh, he is an interesting and concerning players and I, player, and I think I think you talk to people within the Blue Jackets and around the league. There's just a million different opinions on him. Still, uh, he's very a very divisive player for a lot of people. It um, it occurs to me, and this has been said before he even got here, that it's an he's he's an odd. Uh, not the guy you want to build your team around. He's the he's the piece you put on top of your team when you think your team is finished to get over the hump. And it kind of looks that way. It's it's a weird thing to say, but the longer you watch him, I, I think the more you kind of see what people mean by that. Um, to build your team around him and to to. Uh, to see him as a foundational piece, he may just be too inconsistent for that. And you know, he, if he's not, I don't, I don't think he's the one-trick pony that everybody says he is. Or, or I, maybe the best way to say it is, I think he's come a long way. He's not, he's not as as bad this year as he was two years ago when it was just really apparent that he was not having a good season and this was not going well at all. And he was pretty good last year at times when he got going. But his calling card in this league is is scoring goals. He is to be an elite goal scorer. And you put up with some of the other stuff because he has that rare ability to do what so few people can do, which is to put the the puck in the in the basket. He should not be tied with Boone Jenner four goals on this team this year. 36 games. He's missed a lot of games again. But he's at 14 goals. He's not the elite goal scorer. He hasn't been since he's been here. And so do they continue to hope to make it work? Is this a player they would move? Do they feel like they need to move him to, to get sort of the team that they want to have a direct sort of honest straight ahead hockey team that you know what you're going to get most nights. I don't rule that out, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's an easy player to trade now either though, with, with that kind of money. I wouldn't be surprised if the blue jackets really made some big moves this summer. Some surprising moves uh, of players that people think right as of today are foundational guys. Um, Jack Rosovic has four goals in 48 games this year. That's crazy. That's just, that's crazy. And he's been given every opportunity to be a top six center and can't nail it down. Could nail it down in Winnipeg. Hasn't nailed it down here. Um, how long do you wait on these guys? Now, part of it is these are, these are what you have left for having traded Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, you better believe GM's thinking that sense too. Like we gave up Dubois for these guys. This has to work. Um, it's it's this is a weird team, and it's not a team that it's a flawed team, even when they're healthy. Like they have no centers. They have um, okay wingers, but some major inconsistency there. And their top four defense is incredibly unsettled. Even when healthy. Now, I mean, I think he had two out of four spots were sort of settled with Wierenski and Gavrikov. Now you take Wierenski out of the out of the mix, you've got one top four proven centerman. And you know, it's easy to pile on Good Branson as a bad signing. That's been said many times. Look at how Good Branson's being handled this year versus how you ideally want to to play him. He's over 20 minutes a night, and that's that's the that just doesn't fly. I think the only guy that averages more time uh, defensively than him is Gavrikov this year. 
And Goodbranson should be a third pair guy playing 15 to 17 minutes a night, not at 22, 24. He led him a nice time last night. That's not, he's doing, it's not, there's no slam on him. He's giving the team what, what the best that he can, but he's being used in a capacity that's way beyond what's probably reasonable. And I think you're seeing that all over their lineup. Um, Line A just, Line A should be the leader on this team offensively, the leading goal scorer, and it shouldn't be close, but he's not, and it is close. It's, he's, he's not, He's not the explosive NHL play goal scorer that he has been billed to be. In fact, I think since the start of his time in Columbus, I don't know that he's even in the top 100 in the league in goal scoring, which is pretty amazing, really. Um, let me look here real quick and see if we can dial this up because he's, um, he's got 14 goals this year. He has, in his time in Columbus, Patrick Laine has 50 goals since the start of 2021. So if we look at that, yeah, that's, he is 100 and he's barely in the top 100. And that's, that's not, that is not right. That's not where, that's not what he's paying, being paid to be. So, I mean. He has 51 goals. He's 85th, sorry, 52 goals. 51 of those with Columbus. He's tied for 83rd in the league since the start of 2021. 83rd. Um, that's, I would not say that's elite. That's, you know, decent, but, but that he's, he's expected to be elite. He's not that. So it's frustrating. And they got to decide if they if that's fixable or if that's if that's something that's that uh, they move on from. So, hope I didn't rattle on too long there, Jonathan. No, I think we're kind of all in that same mind space of of he's not exactly what we hoped he would be, but he's too hard to get a, get any value for right now. And he could be that final piece that gets you over the top, but I don't think we're anywhere near that space right now. So. Anyway, Cordy, thanks a lot. I know we're getting up on time, but I want to thank you for everything. Yeah, well, thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week. I'm taking off. Hell, half the players are in Florida right now. I, I wish the same for you. Get out of here. Enjoy yourselves. 31 games to go. We can do this. We can do this. And I'll talk to you next week on Front and Nationwide. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Take care.